not so cozy today. Sound booth in downtown Chicago, American Soccer Show. Eric Alcantar here with Emmett McConnell to talk all things soccer in America. It's in America where apparently winter is never going to end, but there is good news. Emmett finally has a desk that he Look can... Look at this. Before <laughs> the impromptu use of backpack stuffing and, uh, you know, what was it? Um putting sweatshirts and holding microphones finally is yeah, the end of I an have era. A, I have a great picture of Emmett and I having to stack our backpacks, coats, and sweatshirts on top of each other just so you could have the microphone at mouth level. Because, you know, I'm a little bit of a diva. I can't lean over when I have to talk. I just <laughs> have to be right in my face. Well, if you, if you want to picture this, we're sitting literally in a closet where there is a desk now, but there wasn't a desk before. Two desks. So, you, you did get a desk. Yeah, I always had a desk because I wasn't... And to be fair, Emmett does have a desk. It's just he chooses not to use it. Well, there's just there's he wouldn't be space, looking at me. It's angular. It's a lot of problems with it. There is a lot of there are a lot of issues. There's a reasons why this is better, and I don't have the time to go on into it without visuals. <laughs> we'll tweet out a picture of it. That's that's what we do. But um, yeah, it's the never-ending winter here in Chi- in Chicago. I'm hoping that maybe it just snows in May. I really want to see everyone's faces here just hit rock bottom. We're, we're due to get some snow tonight, actually. Oh, and uh, honestly, I'm looking forward to. To the streak. Extend, it's like a hitting streak, right? And I think you jinxed it, Eric, because we were going to go on a run, and now maybe May, May snow will never come. We could have gotten to June, maybe even July, but now, they now I same, don't know. They said the same thing about this show. They said it'll never last more than three weeks. Look at us now. <laughs> now we're on eight. All right, so uh, we're going to do things a little differently today. First of all, we're actually going to start with the, uh, the biggest game, perhaps in the history of the North American continent. You know, between Toronto FC and Chivas. Of course, there's no North. There's no United States in no, it. It's the North American continent now. We're gonna we'll, we'll lead off with that, but we also will get to the full slate of MLS action that we had this week. Instead of kind of going into the depth of what happened in the game, we will talk about some important things that happened. But we will also discuss sort of where the teams are. Some teams are four games in now. Some teams are seven because you know this is this is MLS. This is our life now. This is this is yes. the life we're living. Yes, yes. So we're gonna go ahead and start with that big game between Toronto and Guadalajara. Uh, Toronto again, if you're not familiar, has the chance to become the first ever MLS Concacaf Champions League winners. Uh, uh, DC United and LA Galaxy did win this competition in a former life, if you want to see it that way. Former life of the competition or the teams? The, the competition. I, I know the answer. I was just poking <laughs> fun. You, you actually almost tripped me up there. I'm like, wait, which one was it? Did DC United used to be called the DC Power Rangers? DC FC? Yes. Oh, that, that would that have sounded terrible awful. coming out. Oh, that, that, that wouldn't even hurt. be the worst team name I've heard in the last 24 hours. Uh, Toronto, not off to a good start, though. You're just going to keep us in the dark with that? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Stay tuned. Uh, people will know who I'm talking about. It's a certain for, a new MLS team that could be on the horizon. Hmm, interesting. Well, let's get back to the CONCACAF Champions League yes, then. The, the important things in life. It's a final. I mean, it's a two-legged final, which I've never understood. Interesting. I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of that. I don't like it either. I've never liked it. But, I mean, when would you play the game, right? Like, you're going to play a final in the middle of the week? Yeah. I mean, the Europa League does it. I mean, it, it it can be done. It's just uh, you'll. Copa Libertadores was two legs for the longest time, and now it's finally gone to a one, one um, leg, one game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I can't got... remember if it's neutral site though. That's the thing is, do you play the neutral site? Because it's not really. Site? How do you get a home field we'll advantage? Put, yeah. We'll put them. We'll Where put we... them in Kansas City, literally in the middle. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you never know who it's going to be. So maybe you just pick a random site and hope. Hope you, know, no you, hope you hope it's like, oh, Toronto got picked this year. Hope, hope we make it to the finals this time around. <laughs> well, it's like the Super Bowl curse. The, like, the teams that host the Super Bowl can't seem to play a home game in the Super Bowl because something goes horribly wrong with the team. I remember the Colts, they Indianapolis was hosting the Super Bowl, and that's the year Peyton Manning's neck gave out. And you now this year the Vikings yeah, lost and horrendously to the Eagles. Whole, 
There's no God. Look, we're getting too off way, topic. Wrong football. Get we're, back to this game. This. Big win for Chivas. Yeah, a two-one win for Chivas in Toronto. I, I think it's really impressive, and we'll talk about them more in just a little bit. They Toronto they bounced back from the early goal by Chivas. And I, I thought from there they'd be okay because, okay, you know, Chivas kind of shocks them in the beginning, punches them straight in the face, and then Toronto never really uh, did anything else after their first goal. The game was tied at 1-1 for the longest time, and then Alan Pulido with, I don't, I don't think he meant to shoot this off the free kick. I, I'm still not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he didn't mean to shoot this, and it, it just it, it's an incredible goal. There's nothing to take away from him. He's a very talented player. That, that's basically all that happened in this game was, you know, Toronto controlled the middle portions of it after a kind of a back-and-forth start. And then Chivas kind of takes the game on that incredible strike that, again, if you saw it in film before and you didn't get to see how it resulted and you would think, oh, this guy's out of his mind. Why would he shoot from there? Hey, in that snow? I mean, what an atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that first goal being able to come back from it. They gave up a goal against both Tigres. They gave up the first goal in that one as well. And... Um, Club America. So they've given up one goal at home in both the last two legs against, I, I think it's fair to say, superior competition. Yeah. But this time they weren't able to turn it around and, you know, come out with the win, and that's going to be tough for them. Yeah. Uh, again, they'll look at the middle part of this game and think, okay, well, if we can repeat this performance without giving up the goal early, we'll have a pretty good shot going to Mexico and getting the two goals that they need. I, I think it's a tall task. To say the least, right? I mean, two goals against this team that's given up two goals in the entire competition now. In seven matches, Chivas Guadalajara has given up just two goals. I, and we can say whatever you want about their round of 16 opponent. I think it was from Panama, you know, that, that poor team or whoever it was. You know, maybe you don't, you don't include that one. But then again, they had to go up against Seattle, New York Red Bulls, and now Toronto. Two goals? Credit where it's due. I mean, let's be let's. Get honest here. Seattle's bottom of the West and Toronto's bottom of the East. Maybe a little bit unfairly given how many games they've had to play. But, I mean, they've gone to Mexico. They've gotten results against uh, Tigres and, again, Club America. I mean, you could say Tigres is probably their best result out of them. They, they've gone, but they haven't needed to win. They just needed to get a draw. That's true. And that's what they played for. Now they're going to have to play for a win, and it's going to leave them exposed. So, it, the only, I it's guess a good run for them the, so far. Yeah, the Don't want to rule them out yet. I guess the... The upside here is that, and I, I believe away goals still apply in the final. The, the the advantage I guess they have is that a goal by Chivas isn't really all that debilitating because you go into this game needing two, and Chivas scoring doesn't change that because it would make it a 3-1, and you'd still have the two away goals that you would get if you did happen to get two, and you just go to extra time instead of winning. So in that sense, Toronto won't have to worry that much about leaking, but of course you give up one, and then you leave yourself open to possibly give up another, and then you, then mm-hmm. you start having to force yourself to score more. And, you, and again, if you end up in a situation where you have to score three, you'd now be asking yourself to score three times on a team that's only conceded twice. It's, uh, it is a problem. Is you don't want to give up that early goal, but you want to get the early goal. Right. So you want to spread the game, but you got to be careful. And I think that it's a, it's a tall order for them, but they have quality, but I haven't seen enough of it this year of a dominance from Toronto that we've seen in the past year uh, to, to really you know convince me. We've talked about... Chivas has struggled in the league in uh, Liga MX. Did I say yeah. that right? Yeah, Liga MX. I'm working on my Spanish. <laughs> yeah, if you're going for the yeah, Liga MX. Uh, MX. And, uh, but Toronto's bottom of the East, right? Like, yes. It, it, something's got to be said. I know we're expecting them to turn around, and that's early, but it, I don't, we haven't seen it yet, and I think it's a little uh, ambitious to say that this is going to be the game where we're going to see a dominant Toronto. There's a very good chance that 
Toronto will still be bottom of the East after this weekend because I don't. I there's already been talk that they're sending like the the under twenty one team to go play Houston because Houston didn't want to cancel the game. And I, I I'm all for that by the way. But, fair play to Houston. Yeah, fair play to Houston. I mean, why should they have to move their game? The the other thing is you were talking about Chivas's position in League MX. We're looking at a situation because they're gonna have to play again on Friday. Now, whose decision this was to make them play on Friday? I, I honestly have no idea. It's really dumb. And they're actually playing their local rival in Jalisco, uh, Atlas on Friday night, and they sit 16 and 17 in the table, respectively. If Atlas win this game, they will uh, obviously go over Chivas, and then Chivas will be sitting just, like, in second to last place. Now, there's no danger of them finishing last because the team in last place only has nine points. I mean, that's pretty incredible, right? The two teams in the Champions League final, second leg, could very well be dead last in their conference and then second to last in their league. It, it's it's an interesting phenomenon, I think, if you look at it, because it's almost like the Euro, Euro League phenomenon. How many teams have we seen? And I want to say it's probably a little more common uh, in England, but looking at uh, FC Köln from Germany this year, made the qualified for Europa League, like last place now. And they got, like, what, one point from Europa League? Everton, until, you know, they brought in Big Sam to get them a bunch of draws. West so, Ham, when they sold T-shirts up for their big European tour and then never went anywhere. I mean, it's, yeah, and West Ham lost, like, Four in the people. qualifying, not even yes. in, not even getting into the group stage. Uh, not even that much longer ago, Fulham was a perennial, you know, Premier League mid-table team. Clint Dempsey, the star there. <laughs> and they get in, not through qualifying to the Premier League, but winning the Four Fair Play Award for, Which I think, least, never ex- least bookings. Exist anymore, yeah. Thank God, because that... That was Honestly, it had something to do with them with them tanking out of the league. It's, it is an interesting thing that if you don't have the depth and the size and the money to Europe do hurt you to do both, it hurts. Especially if you're a team, or in this case, continental competition in general. In in general, of course. Um, but if, I think it's different depending on the team. If you're like Barcelona and you can dominate a team, you're not going to be as tired at the end. But if you don't have that kind of dominance, or Bayern Munich, for example, of in these games, you're going to get tired out, and you need that depth. That's something you're not going to see in North America, right? Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, we will uh, we will see what happens. The final is not until this time next week, so we'll actually have to talk again about sort of the implications coming up in the game because it will not have happened. Maybe we'll live stream it. We'll live stream we'll, we'll periscope and just talk over it. I'd be down, except for the fact that we have the NFL draft show the next day. So... That's two for there. That's yeah, a lot of work. That's but, a you lot know, of work. <laughs> that's what we signed up for. That is what we signed up for. All right. The good people want to know about the week. And, again, we're going to kind of give our thoughts as to where everybody stands now, four to seven games into the season. We'll start on Friday night. Emmett's Philadelphia Union 0, Orlando City 2. Philadelphia look awful. Now, I actually subjected myself to watching this, and as did Emmett apparently on tape delay. You recorded the, this for The yourself? pain of not only watching this game, but watching it knowing that it already ended oh. and that I could take out my suffering my at any time <laughs> and not doing it. It, it hurt a lot. I, I have to say I commend you because I would never do this, especially if my team wasn't any good. Not that the fire are, but... Yeah, I was about I mean, to say, it's, it's a bold it's a, statement. It's a bold statement, but I mean, my point is I just, I, I could never see the point in this. Like, a Friday night game where you clearly had something better to do. I don't know what you were doing, but... Uh, my uh, my father, Bob, hope he's listening, love you, Bob, <laughs> was uh, in town uh, and uh, I spent the night with him and he actually took uh, took his flight back at like 9 o'clock, so... Really? I got back See, and... I figured you guys would suffer in this together. See, here's the thing. He, hate, I don't want to say he hates soccer, but he, he doesn't like it enough to watch with me. Uh, my mom would. 
she, she, she would take, she would come back and sit in my room and watch on my computer with me. My dad, we went to the art museum, okay? Some, some, oh, do something geez. cultured, right? Oh, my goodness. You went to an art museum. Well, I tell you what, it was probably more exciting than the Philadelphia Union's performance in this one. I'm going to ask you I directly. I do both. <laughs> I, I will ask you directly. The Union have five points in five games, and they've hosted four of them. Is it time to panic? Listen, I don't think it's... Is it fair to say it's always panic time? <laughs> I mean, since there's no relegation, no. Yeah. If there were relegation, I would say it's time to start hitting the big red button. Yeah, I think Philly fans have very high expectations for this team, and then this games do? like this happen. Yeah, they, they you know, they, they think that a team should be competitive that shouldn't be losing 2 nothing at home. How often do we okay. say how hard it is to win the road? Is Orlando And Orlando team? basically went in there and ran them off the pitch. I, I think that's a little unfair, but they got their game plan right. Uh, Philly didn't. Here's oh, my. I, was, I thought you meant Philly. I was going to say, what was their game plan? I even asked you on Friday because like, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Play a young back line. It's a good game plan. I mean, listen, I'm not sure I see Orlando scoring if it wasn't for the two mistakes from Matthew Real at left back. Listen, he's a young kid, 18. It's his only second career MLS game. It's bound to happen. Uh, you would hope he maybe could do better against a guy like Christopher Muller, who's also a young rookie. He uh, the, So the first goalie is kind of leaves Dwyer onside, lapse of judgment, very small thing. The second one is a FIFA play. He takes the ball off of him, runs into his own defender, who doesn't, <laughs> Elliot, who doesn't know what to do, and Muller just keeps going and takes it. It's like one of those things where you're like, just, I'm pressing circle, why won't he clear it? Press circle. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Everyone knows that frustration. If you've ever played FIFA, you know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I, if you haven't, I'm sorry for bringing that up and to compare it. But it, it, it was a, such like a surreal moment where I'm like, what was that? He just runs, he just dribbles, Real takes it off of him, dribbles into his own defender, Elliot doesn't know what to do with it, and he just comes straight through. Um, outside of those two moments, the team looked out of ideas for the most part. They, they, here's my biggest question for the Union, why press for 90 minutes? Why is it 90 minutes of pressing the other team? I can't wait till they come to Chicago so you can ask the coach this question. If he still does, it's, it's interesting because you would think, like, take your foot off the gas. Sit in a little bit, absorb some pressure, hit on the counterattack. You got Pico, you got Sapong, you got Akam, you got Speed. But it's a team that doesn't really like to hit on the counterattack. They want to possess. Um, it's, it's, it's time to start changing some things. The best time of the season to have problems like this. True, um, true. You'd rather struggle now. Uh, uh, but that said, I don't see them as a team that can do any better than a late run to make sixth, which, given how New England's playing, uh, might be taking that spot. Maybe Toronto doesn't make it. But it's kind of exp- about where we expect them to be year after year, just out of playoff zone. Yeah. Remember that bet you made me at the beginning of the year where you were trying to tell me that C.J. Sapong would outscore Dom Dwyer? Yeah, I was talking about was if he had an over-under on 13, 13, goals and a half. 13 and a half. Yes. I'm regretting it now. You should. Because this is looking like old Sapong who's just not getting into the box. He, his hold-up play is good, but Dwyer, honestly, I Dwyer doesn't... You're he, still going to hate on Dom Dwyer after he did that to you? Did what? He, <laughs> he, he was like 10 yards off sides if Matthew Real was paying attention. <laughs> And other than that, uh, he just, every time someone looked at him, he went down. And it, that's about it. He, he went down, he embellished fouls. He, listen, he's a good player, but um, I'm, I'm going to say I was wrong. Is that okay? okay. Is yes, that what you wanted to you hear? Should. You should. There's still time. Apologize to Dom Dwyer. There's still time, but don't you forget if, you know, if things, if things turn around, you're going to turn around again. This will be something I remember. Yeah, let's flip sides then because we, we, we're talking to Dom Dwyer. I'm going to talk Orlando. You know, if you remember another one of my great predictions, I'm going to roll here. I said Orlando City. yourself, it's early. I will, I will because uh, Orlando City, I picked them to make the playoffs. I thought that they were going to, you know, they had a lot of 
different pieces coming together. It would take some time, maybe a little more than it's taken this season. And I'm not 100% convinced that this is the best Orlando team uh, yet to come, so to speak, that they have, that they've gotten everything together and that there won't be another rough patch. Because I do believe that they've won three in a row, right? They've been a lot of scrappy, crazy, uh, like four to three against the Red Bulls. Now you have this finally a kind of a, a complete performance against a lowly Philly team, in my opinion. That goal is pretty scrappy. But well, the, goal, the goals. I agree. Scrappy, I agree with like, most of your of complete, assessment. This is like a complete performance from them because they finally didn't collapse in the back as they've been doing so much this season. They kind of, you know, they they played the way they want to play. They scored the kind of goals that, let's face it, they're gonna score, right? If when you have Dom Dwyer as a striker, this man scores from everywhere on the field. I think that they will be happy to say that this was their most complete performance of the season thus far. And and then of course having ninety percent of their starting eleven intact. If they can get Justin Miram back healthy, I think that shores up the back line just that much more. And we're talking about a team that, again, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, you know, jump off the page at you. But I think they have what it takes to compete with anybody. And Pino's no slouch there at left wing. He, you know, he he's a forward by trade, but he's a good player. Now we're talking about a complete performance. I agree with you. They got their strategy right, uh, and I think the Union got it a little bit wrong. A little. A little. The Union had 19 shots, only five on goal. Ouch. So they're creating opportunities, right? That's, that's the thing. Is I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Orlando was really a dominant team. Union had 56% possession, nothing too special, a little bit more. Um, Dwyer was offside like six times. <laughs> Union had 14 corner kicks to Orlando's three. Um, but on the other side, here's, right, so it's, statistically it seems like, oh, Union might have been a better team. Union had to make five saves and Orlando zero. I believe that's what the, the stat is trying to say. I don't know if it means that they got... I think that could be flipped the wrong way because <laughs> Orlando has three shots on target and two of them went in. So that's a little bit questionable. But we, we saw what they tried to do, and it worked. Union tried to press. Sané was ph- phenomenal back there. I think I have to say in the back, he's a, a really improvement in shoring up that back line. Uh, all they had to do is play in the channel. Play it up to Dwyer's feet or play in the channel, have him hold, hold it up, or have a race against that Union back line, which honestly, other than trusty, doesn't, isn't really that quick. And so... Getting one-on-ones against a back line that young is all Orlando had to do, and it worked well for them. That's basically how they exploited the Union throughout the game. The question, I think, is why is Curtin, Coach Jim Curtin, playing to that? Why is he, why is he isolating the defense, allowing teams to play long balls, and hoping his guys are going to win 1v1? Well, let's be honest, that's not a great back line. It's one of the, I don't, it's not, I don't want to say it's one of the weaker in the leagues, but just with... Well, it's the, the most inexperience. Yeah, the inexperience is going to kill you every time because yeah. I, we've we've talked about it with this isn't exclusive to Philadelphia, right? There are other teams that have elected to try to use young players. Joe Mochino on LAFC, who we'll talk about in the next game, has the same issue, right? Where week in and week out, we're kind of saying, okay, so she shows the flashes that we saw of him coming out of college, and yep. you can see why LAFC has chosen to give him that starting fullback role. At the same time, we also see the times where he tr- he tries to win a header that's almost at his waist when he needs to be thinking about just clearing the ball at all costs because if you miss, he gives up the goal like he did against the Galaxy. I, I think that that's something that, you know, but that's one player on the back line. This is an entire team of guys who probably, I don't know what you would say, maybe don't have the higher pedigree of Mochino. But f- so then four of them placed the, right next to each the other. The young guys, ah, there's, I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh I mean, Rosenberry's a third overall pick. Maybe Rosenberry has a lot of uh, hype. I would say. I think it died down after the sophomore season. Uh, Trusty, nineteen, he's played with the U twenty team with uh, the U S. I think he's a guy who's going to get a lot of hype around him. And Real, I haven't seen it yet, but there's ability there. 
a lot of people say it. He had some good crosses. He looks a little unsure. So there's potential there, but it's it's interesting that he wouldn't set out his team to support that back line when you know you have guys like Alejandro Bedoya, you know you have guys like Harris Mandinian, and you know you have guys like Dorich, Dorik Bochkal who are experienced, and then you can say, okay, David Akam, CJ Sapong, Fafa Pico, we're going to let you go and isolate the other team, and we're going to let you guys do it on the break and let you guys do it with pace. So that's just my you know two cents on the situation. Is it time to panic in Philly? It always is. We never really know what's going on there, but we can. I can safely admit that they're not a top team, and so it's not really a panic time, so to speak. We will see. They do have a designated player spot open. They should go after John Terry. You don't get a response to that. Vancouver Whitecaps, zero. LAFC, two. We'll start with Vancouver, the home team. I, I'd say the trend is kind of hard to measure here because they're 10 points in seven games. That's not great, but they, they've shown in past seasons that, you know, they're not always spectacular, but yet they get results. And, and again, 10 points in seven games, that's... Uh, that's that could go either way depending on the way you want to look at it. I, I think they're going to be good enough to tread water if they can get Kai Kamara, you know, back and scoring goals. The issue with Kai Kamara and relying on him is that over his career he's kind of shown that he's not a very reliable player. A little bit gets in his own head a little bit. I would yeah. say he kind of blames his teammates, but that's kind of something Vancouver's been lacking. Is not someone who blames his teammates, but a, a, good, <laughs> a, a big good forward who can hold the ball up for them and get the team into attack. Um, I'm not really sold on them being a top team, but they're a playoff team. They could make a run. They could kind of. They started really strong, uh, so it's you know it's time for them to. And again, they've played one of the most some of the most games. They've played seven games. This is true. Most teams in that uh, have played five or six. So there's still time for teams to leapfrog them with one more game if they can continue playing poorly. So maybe got. A, I would say I got a little ahead of myself, kind of thinking that they could be contenders in the West, but there's time. Uh, I think they'll I think they'll be around when the season's coming to an end in the summer. Uh, LAFC, uh, I think they were kind of at a crossroads coming into this game because now they were off back-to-back performances. We we've talked at length about their struggles defensively. They mm-hmm. they were getting you know run off the field by Atlanta and then the LA Galaxy in that second half. I think they showed a new side of themselves, and I was asking for it, and I got it right because they needed. I think they needed a gritty win. The one nothing people will kind of jump to and say, oh, but they already had a gritty win. I don't know if that's really a gritty win in Seattle. That first game because you know it, the, yeah they only won it one nothing but like they controlled so much of the game that you know they were just moving the ball at will it, very rarely did I think you know Tyler Miller did have to have a really good game Seattle looked a little uninspired as they yeah, have in the I, past I just wasn't I wasn't sold recently. on this idea that like that was a gritty win this on the other hand look we talked about that they needed I think that they needed a man in the midfield an extra one because uh, Kay and Fellhaber were just it wasn't enough and so with John Mochino getting suspended in that last game for his uh, handball in the wall a lot of people threw some criticism at him I honestly I could live with that you know him putting his hand up uh, over his face to not get it's hit with the ball I can it's a reaction it's a I can reaction. I can live with that if I'm the coach but that that's just me I don't know uh, the, so Bob Bradley elects to go to a three-four-three. We speculated before the season that their personnel could be that of a, a three-man back line. Uh, I still, I think I like this because it allows them to get the most out of Carlos Vela, Ureña, and Diego Rossi without sacrificing too much more of what everyone else does well, right? Because you know, at the end of the day, even if you're not going to have the best defense, you have to get the most out of those three players because it gives you the best chance to win. Uh, I think it gives Kay and Fellhaber, like I said, some extra cover in the midfield because it gives you the extra center back behind them. It gives you the wingbacks that will be, you know, patrolling that part of the field very often. Getting forward a little bit more than with four in the back. Exactly. Providing services. Urania's got great movement in the box, which is going to open up space for uh, Rossi and Vela to really, you know, do their magic. 
Yeah. So I thought I thought it was I thought it was good for them. I, it's good to see that they were able to to put out a different formation and still succeed. Again, I, I think that this is probably the best use of Latif Blessing going forward is as a super sub off the bench because there will be minutes to be had there, and I'm sure he will start plenty of games in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I see no reason at all not to continue at least with some kind Absolutely. of variation of this. And you're going to want depth. You're not going to want all of your guys starting every game because you're trying to fit them all in. Exactly, uh, and they I, will still get um, Andre Horta. Exactly. So uh, the, the depth is always going to be an issue for them, and add, being able to add to that by playing – this 3-4-3 three, three, I think is important. Uh, I'm excited that Bob Bradley is not kind of just going to stick to his – wasn't just going to stick to his guns and say, okay, we'll just put a different left back out there. <laughs> they kind of struggled a little bit. They lost Muccino, and then they switched formations. And, and you know what? It paid off because they went into Vancouver and they got a result, which – I mean, let's be real. Vancouver is a gritty team. They're, they're, you know, they're tough to get a result against, as it is, always is on the road that we say. But <laughs> the trope it's, of the podcast – it's well, and it's my trope to be fair. I'm the one who always I mean, says I, it. I agree with it's, you. Yeah, I think people agree with me, but I might I might say it a little too often. <laughs> but it is it's it's impressive to see a team being able to make adjustments like that, and you know, re, you know, take the game to them and, and and have it actually pay off. It's it's it and it points to you know good coaching. I think good coaching. And one more thing before we move on, it was Jordan Harvey who started at left wing back, and I, I wanted to mention his name specifically, not just because he was a former White Cap, but because was an MLS veteran, almost a journeyman at this point in his career. How about that pickup? Just a guy who, and again, I'm not trying to say he had yeah. this fantastic game or anything, but I mean, playing left wing back is one of the hardest positions to, I would argue it may be the hardest position in soccer just yeah. because of how much work it requires. You got you to do it all, and it's, you know, you got to be the guy to provide service, that defends, that's running nonstop. Exactly. And honestly, those are the kind of journeymen that you need. It's true. Those are the, we've, I think we've seen a lot this year of those kind of journeymen who be like, I've heard that guy's name a million times in the past you know, five <laughs> years at least. He's playing for four different teams. Yeah, like you guys like Campbell and Spectre and uh, Johnson playing across the league. You're like, I, I know that name. He's, how many teams has this guy been on? And they're, they're all putting out good performances, and they're doing well for their team. So I think that's, an, it's, that's the kind of depth that we've been talking about that is very necessary for them. Trending up is that LAFC. New York Red Bulls 3, Montreal Impact 1. I thought it was a good rebound for the Red Bulls. I, I was wondering how their confidence might be shot because, I mean, they had so many opportunities against Chivas to take that game and at least get it tied and give themselves the opportunity to win it. Uh, I, I have to say that I, I think that this team is trending upwards. I think they are starting to kind of find their rhythm now. They were resting players because of the Champions League. They weren't really sending out their best 11s to this point either. Bradley Wright Phillips hasn't seen as much MLS time mm-hmm. as he's seen in the Champions League. So, at least in my opinion, I think we've still yet to see the best of the Red Bulls this season. And I'm, and Kaku as well. It's it's a question also. is Have we seen a start, like a... You know, pure starting eleven from this Red Bulls team because no. they're they're always they're all switching people out, playing young right kids, and we're not really sure who the best player is in every position yet. And especially with the way Jesse Marsh plays, you know, other than you know their their defense and Bradley Wright Phillips, you're not really sure where everyone else's role is because they're all over the place. You have guys are like, oh, is he, is he playing center mid? He's out running channels, getting in the wing, creating overlaps. Uh, so I'm impressed with this team. I uh, I wasn't sure where they'd be this year, but after watching them. This, this is another good result for them. And now that they're out of the Champions League and they have time to settle, it could be important. This, this is a good time for them to kind of show what they're worth, and this was, you know, a good win for them. I would have to agree with that. Uh, the impact. We said nice things about the impact, I think, in that first podcast where we went over the teams. Uh, I'm going to win that game. I'm going to have to take this back because this team is trending straight down with a big red arrow. Guaranteed, sell, sell, sell. Guaranteed rates style, giant red arrow pointing straight down. I, I Six points in six games. This team hasn't shown me much. Like, they beat Toronto, if we remember, early in the season. Mm-hmm. We kind of uh, thought that game was a really big deal. And, I mean, 
not to downplay the win, but I mean, now we've seen Toronto's league form has not been very impressive. It's it's hard for me to say anything nice about the way the Impact are playing. They they have they showed me very little in this game as well. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm agreeing with you to a certain extent, just because it seems like they're leaking goals, and I think that kind of comes down to Lawrence Simon. I think losing him has been a whole they've struggled to fill. Uh, same with Blarem Giamile, who was so good for them at the end of last year. Uh, and I'm I'm just gonna kind of put on their midfield, I guess, maybe a little unfairly. Their, their wing play is pretty decent from what I've seen, um, but it just seems like they have, you know, they just haven't been playing well in the middle. They, they're missing tighter this game. I they think were it was an important for his own play. fault. Yeah, it was a it was a bad red card, but he hasn't impressed me either. So, yeah. it's it underwhelming, it's, I think is the word for them. Yeah, uh, for for a lot of the part. I mean, I don't know if you've seen enough out of Ignacio Piatti yet. Um, honestly, Daniel Lovitz has been one of the better players. I I talk about it all the time, but <laughs> I, uh, you love him. You love you some Lovitz. Love me some Lovitz. So that's I mean, I'm a little biased, but it's it, it it's time for some people to step up there and you know. Until it, they do, they're going to be they, stuck there because, yeah, six points in six games, I think it's unacceptable. But I don't know. I'm not sure completely sold either if they're a playoff team. They're kind of the same boat as a union is. Can you really expect them to be? I expected more. I, I, maybe that's just me. That's um, fair. Maybe we'll see more out of them in the future. But right now, again, my, my thought is that that team is trending straight down. I don't see them making the playoffs right now. Colorado Rapids 2, Toronto FC 0. The, the struggles continue for Toronto. But let's give Colorado some credit. I think quietly have had a pretty decent start to the season themselves. Absolutely. They're they're trending upwards. And now, you know, Yannick Boley and Shellscan Gashi? Oh, man. Skelton? No. Yeah, Skel- something Skelton? like that. Really? Oh, man. Gashi. I apologize to any Rapids fans. I, I really... I, I looked Come on, it give up. him a Spanish name. You I know looked, we can get the Spanish I names. I looked this up last night, and now it's, like, completely blanking. I don't know why I didn't put the phonetics in here. That is neither here nor there. Uh, so they're both, I think, key players to this team. It looks like that they kind of are what is going to drive this team going forward. Look, this was, let's say what it is, a pretty good performance against, even if it's Toronto's B team, you got to win the games. You can only play who you play, who, uh, who they put in front of you, right? Big wins over Toronto and the uh, Goliaths of MLS soccer, Philadelphia Union. Oh, goodness uh, it's, me. I, I, I'm not completely sold on them yet. They've looked much better than they were last year. Well, I look, I mean, and confidence. straight up, look, somebody has to go to the playoffs in like the sixth and fifth spots. I mean, these are the kinds of wins that you can accumulate at the beginning of the season that can help you in the end. I see them fighting for anywhere between 5th and 7th or 8th place right now with the way they've been playing. I mean, going to Colorado's tough. It is, and we talk about the the home field advantage, so to speak. They might have the biggest. You you can use that to your advantage when you're not a great team. Absolutely. And get some results that you maybe have no business getting. uh, Don't forget guys like Dominic Baggi. I mean, I guess it's hard to forget the guy who's been scoring goals from left and right, but they've been... I'm impressed with them. I think I slept on them in the beginning. I think uh, we all did. I, I certainly wasn't expecting anything out of them. And they're a team to keep your eye on as we move forward, I think. Yeah. Um, so as we all predicted, Toronto has three points in four matches. Of course. Despite that, I'd say their trend is somewhere in the middle. I'm not, I'm not going to start talking about that they're trending straight down and the things have gone horribly wrong because I, I think that with how much focus they put on the Champions League, and now they've put all their eggs in that basket. Yep. They have essentially sacrificed their early season form for a chance to make history. I respect it. I'm just, I'm, I have to say, I'm a little concerned, but again, I mean, nobody played in this game for them. You know, Michael Bradley uh, wasn't in this game. Zavaleta had to be subbed on. There was not even a chance that Josie Altidore was going to play in this game. I think that 
we will see better from them in the league once everybody kind of returns and the Champions League ends, regardless of how it ends this next week, although a loss may impact them going forward. Yeah, um, I'm not so sure about that. I think it's a they're out. They're out. It looks like they're dedicated to trying to make history. They're dedicated. They won the points total last year, most ever for an MLS team. They uh, won the Supporter Shield, won the Cup, uh, MLS Cup. They are in the Champions League. They're in the final. What they're they're looking at the first team to win the Concacaf Champions League. I, they they strike me as a team that has kind of the the grit to say, okay, now we're gonna be that team that comes back from the three points in the first you know however many games. Uh, really struggles early on. It's a long season. I mean, hey, we saw Seattle do that when they won the cup. They yeah. were out of the playoffs for a long time, and I think they just barely made it in the sixth seed. So, um, I think it's a little early to, to rule them out, but I I do see them making the playoffs. It's going to be tough for them to overtake such a huge lead now that they have to, but they're still a strong team, right? I would say so. I don't think they're getting worse. Chicago Fire 0, LA Galaxy, and Zlatan 1. Uh, it was back to the three-five-two for the Fire. I thought it was really interesting, kind of the back line that Velko Panovic put out there. He used Brandon Vincent as where you would expect him at the left wing back, but then his center backs were Lillard, who I was impressed with in his first game, so I'm, I'm glad to see that Velko Panovic has seen it as well. Bringing and gave a him the start. guy. Yep. Yeah, uh, Schweinsteiger again in the middle. Campbell back so soon. There were talks about May, so I was really surprised to see him back. He's uh, a journeyman. Good to have him back as well. And then uh, Johan Kapoff. How about that playing right wing back? I like that decision. He's shown me a lot of technical ability, and he almost seems like he's not that ability to really use it when he's playing center back. I gotta say this: he uh, looked a little tense and trying to get too far forward, but I I kind of like that. I decision. might have a I might have a solution for that, but we'll get to that in a second. You know, there there were some fire fans kind of like blown away by this, and I was too until it kind of dawned on me to go back and look at their when he first joined the team, and I remember that he did play as a fullback before. He played eleven matches at right back in 2016 when he first joined. And so, the, you know, now you can kind of see, well, all right, you know, Velkopanovic knows this. He's well aware of his ability. And I, look, for all what it's worth, he didn't. He, he did not look at any point like the uh, the moment or the the position was too much for him. So now, of course, it's and it's a position that they've been struggling with, with without Polster. Exactly. And it it could be a could be a solution. It could be, but I I think the solution, at least for me going forward, I really I just want to get Bastian Schweinsteiger out of the middle of that back three. I think that it's gonna keep it's gonna work for a certain amount of time before teams really start to attack him in that middle part of the back three. He's just not strong enough, and he's just not, you know, he's not a very, you know, physical player when it comes to defending. So He's not a center back. I he's, think he's just not natural at it, and it's not, yeah, it's not at natural. this point. It's not career. that he's weak. No. But he's, got, he's about, he's less than a six foot. I think it's a little generous. I think he's maybe 5'10", five, 5'11". He's willing to put in the work, and I, again, I don't know how many... He put in some good Can tackles. you imagine... If Bruce Arena had told Steven Gerrard that, hey, you're playing center back tonight, Steven Gerrard would have retired. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, isn't that? No. Is that the history that's in the books right now? <laughs> no, 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 but my point is, like, yeah, so Schweinsteiger, no, I agree. Middle, it works. I don't, I don't want it long term. I think what should happen, he belongs we, further we just field. talked about Kapoloff and his ability to distribute, his ability to play the ball, but he didn't look that comfortable going forward. I honestly think the sweeper position in the middle of the back three would suit him best. You can again, and now with Lillard there and Campbell back, it's uh, Lillard has officially, in my opinion, played himself into the starting. It's 11. a more stable back line. He should absolutely. It play has there. the size. It has the once Polster returns. There. Polster can return to play right wing back, where I think he would be a, a natural fit himself. And I don't think we want to roll out Drew Connor. I think we liked him there. Yeah. He's he he could he could fill in. Uh, you really just need someone. The thing with wing back is you just need someone who's going to work hard, and is willing to get make runs forward and back, get balls in the box, and 
you know, isn't going to get beat on the dribble that easily. You know, you have, but you have cover, so it, if it happens, you do have that other center back. Uh, I agree with you. I, it's a, it's such a short term fix, but it has begun. Has kind of cleared up the goals. They're not leaking them as much as they were before. That's true. That's a good and their solution. goal, their goal comes. It just kind of goes right over Shrine Slager's head. He's just not tall enough, and Zlatan's there to head it in. Yeah. Uh, one other thing from this game, Emmett was actually there, so he's a, he's a big shot covering the game. He didn't I have to buy a ticket. They, they didn't. They probably asked for his credentials six hundred times, but there was a little mix-up at the front gate with the credentials. Apparently, I applied for full season credentials and single game credentials. They only gave me one. I'll let you take a guess. Which one do you think they gave, <laughs> they gave you? The single game. Huh? Really, single game one. Yeah, so I have to come back another time to get my full game credentials. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyway, I was watching the game from the comfort of my couch. Were you at least dry? Like you didn't? Did you have to sit on the rain? My computer got a little bit wet. It, it was just wet outside. Right. There's cover. There's heating lamps in the press box, but they don't really do much. <laughs> Though, honestly, when I stepped out of the press box, it did feel different. It was so cold there. Yeah. I was cold. Was I tried typing with gloves. Didn't work. <sighs> yeah, was... you, you give me who knows how that would work out. I, so you were there. I wanted to ask you, because of the conditions I saw on TV, I, you, as a member of the Goalkeepers Union. I got my card right here. Yes. How do you deal with the wind on a day like this? I mean, the ball was just swirling all over the place. So I have my own thoughts on this. Uh, and, well, everyone was kind of, there's a lot of press members there. Everyone was clamoring for Zlatan. All the people kept asking me, oh, go talk to the Galaxy Press guy. Ask for Zlatan. And I was like, everyone here has asked him for Zlatan. <laughs> uh, this is like basically my, still like my first year here. I'm not going to be the guy who goes and asks him. He's going to get him if he wants to come. People have asked. Uh, so I was waiting around. They brought David Bingham, the goalkeeper for uh, the Galaxy. Uh, and a lot of the media members weren't there for this, so I got to actually ask, get a couple questions in and ask him about the wind. And so uh, I noticed when he was kicking into it. Exclusive here on yeah, here's the, the American a, here, Soccer here's Show. A, well, there were other people there, but you probably didn't hear about this. Uh, he, he was struggling with the coming back, I noticed, because he kind of gets his uh, goal kicks more lofted. And so he, he didn't mention this, but I noticed he tried to drive him more. Uh, and it, he lost some distance, but it didn't get at least held up in the wind and thrown back in his face. Uh, he said when he was, at least when he had the ball in his hands, uh, he, he tried to take his time for the wind to slow down and to hit it, but there's only so much he can do. Uh, at one point, he did try for a drop kick, thinking, oh, okay, you know, you can get it more low, you can get it more driven, and probably keep it out of the wind. But it actually ended up pulling up more and coming back even more than his punts, so he did switch later. Um, so I, I, there were some things I noticed him try to do. Uh, the best thing he can ever do, and this is what actually Coach Siggy Schmidt said after the game as well, is just build a build out of the back, pass it out, dribble it out. Uh, and he, they did that, but there's only so much you can do when a team's pressing you and you're on the road and the conditions are miserable. Sometimes you just got to whack it up and hope it doesn't come back in your face. Interesting perspective right here on the American Soccer Show. Exclusive, Exclusive. news from, from the Dave. Goalkeepers Union and apparently David Bingham. Yeah. So officially friend of the show, David Bingham? I think so. I think okay. he'd be willing to come on next time he comes to Chicago. <laughs> it might be in a couple years, though. Yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, the LA Galaxy, uh, just to talk about them quickly in terms of where they are. Mm-hmm. Look, Zlatan has clearly brought a new energy to this team. I, we don't have to keep talking and beating this dead horse. I just, I, I'm going to have to see it more often because, again, I was, they, they win this game, yes. And, yes, they win it off a goal from Zlatan, who does start the game and play a large. Did he play, mm-hmm. the, whole, did he play the whole 90? It's 80. Okay. So he played most of this game. I think fan, uh, Galaxy fans will be happy to see that. I'm thinking that once Gio Dos Santos is back, even though he probably doesn't deserve it, he will probably head into the starting eleven over Ola Kamara and play underneath Zlatan. I don't know. It's I, I understand where you're coming from, but they're both guys they're paying big wages to. They're both big name signings for them, though Ola Kamara. 
decidedly smaller name compared <laughs> to Giovanni Dos Santos. But is it possible we see Santos on the wing? Maybe they play some you sort could, of you could play Santos four one three two Lejet or Boateng keep or whoever, kitchen back or kitchen or having two guys up top and have or even maybe playing three at the back finding ways. Now the question is, how are you going to get Alessandrini, Ibrahimovic? Well, you have to Lechette. definitely get him on the field. You can't. You need. Yeah, he's what a, what a player he is. It, you're going to have to get these guys in the field, and I, 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 to an extent, Kamara sure might be out. the guy who has to come off. Siggy Smith will probably figure it out. I think as mm. time goes on, they do. They again, they have talent, so I'm sure talent usually rises. Depth to the top shouldn't eventually. be an issue for them. Yeah. And listen, if Santos, Giovanni dos Santos doesn't play well. They have pre- yeah, they have pretty easy way to. They are pretty easy out in just being able to say, "Yeah, Kamara's playing better." You got to outdo him if you want to get a spot in the roster. DC United one, Columbus Crew zero. Uh, it's been an abject start to the season for DC United, but we talked about it last week. The new ownership, new stadium, new DPS. It's big green arrow pointing straight up. My you think it's time to buy? It's time to buy. DC buy low on DC United stock. They're, they're still pretty low in the table. Yeah, they got their first win of the season against a, a good Crew team who. Well, maybe he's been struggling a little bit recently. Three straight losses for the Columbus crew. I have to say they're trending in the struggling wrong direction. Struggling to score. Yeah. Um, I think they're too good. I think they're too good to, to go in this direction. But I, I, the uncertainty that continues to surround them, it's it's easy to block it out when you're winning, I think. Or at least easier. Yeah, you're, You start losing and people start it talking. It hangs over your head, yeah. yeah. It, it, once you start losing more of the fans. They said there's not a lot of fans of those games, to be honest, but there's still some fan support of that team. The team people... played at Army-Navy, or not Army-Navy, uh, the stadium that they have in Maryland, the Navy uh, football stadium. That was actually really interesting. I thought it made for a much better atmosphere than I thought they were going to get. Better than RFK? I th- honestly, at this <laughs> point, I'm pretty sure you could play at, like, the local park here in Chicago, the... the Lincoln Park. No, 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 no. The 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 one the fire have the pitch. The, oh, the, the, the fire pitch? Yeah, the fire pitch probably has a better atmosphere at this point. That's a nice place. It is, it is. But, yeah, so D.C. United, I think they're, they they have better days ahead. Columbus Crew, I think that there's a lot of uncertainty going forward this season. I think that also a question we're seeing now is if D.C. is pointing up, trending up, who are the new minnows in the East? <laughs> the Union. That's what I was going to say. Right, we had Chicago before that. <laughs> it's the Union. D.C. Is it possible the Union's become the minnows? In the Union. I mean, right now it's somehow Toronto. Oh, yeah. But well, I don't, that cannot last. Keep, yeah. The former, perhaps, discussion for the Minnows, the New England Revolution, uh, they don't score in this one, zero. FC Dallas does beat them one nothing. I still, I, Brad Friedel, you know, you've been singing his praises. Uh, I think he's actually working wonders. I didn't realize 10 points in six matches is nothing to scoff at, I think. I also think it's a good team. For a team that's not, I don't. I just don't, I'm not excited about anything they have on that roster. Like, you know, Agudelo, you know. He's an okay. F- he's an okay forward. He's in like, the CJ Sapon like that's Kellen okay. Rose is a good player. Kellen Rose, okay. Uh, like I likely win, but he's not there. Like he might as well just be a free agent. Diego Fagundes has kind of been hyped up for a long time. He's still a pretty good player. Teal Bunbury was another Sapong uh, <laughs> archetype. Um, I listen. They they're never they've never been I think a, a poorly skilled team. They've been poorly coached, and bringing a guy like that is important for them. We'll see. Um, to the other side, FC Dallas, 3-1-1 draws this season. Uh, I, I, maybe they've flown under the radar at least a little bit because it's a young team with young DPs. I think they have a lot of room to grow. It's, it's probably going to take some time, and clearly it's going to take more time maybe than uh, this season to get the results that they want. But I, I have some reason to believe that there will be better results for them. I think the real issue is that they're in the West. If they were in the East, I'd say they'd have it a little easier. 
but because they're in the West and they have to mm-hmm. kind of compete with all these other teams who have similar builds, not necessarily in terms of age, but in terms of, okay, well, some weeks you can rely on them to win a game and they look energetic and they're, they're controlling the pace of the game, and then other weeks they're you know, down in the dumps getting beaten down because the team scored, got scored on 10 minutes into the game. Definitely one to keep the eye out, I think, in the future. Maybe one we've been sleeping on. Yeah. Portland Timbers 3, Minnesota United 2. So Portland's homecoming has a lot of fireworks in it. How about that? Uh, Portland's defense, it still leaves a lot to be desired for mm-hmm. me. Uh, I think their talent up front is enough to make up for it on s- most nights. Uh, you know, Valeri, Adi, they, they, uh, Sebastian Blanco, they offer, they have a lot of firepower. It's just a simple case of... Are they on their day? Are they, are on, they the on their day? And if they're not, they're, they're going to have to carry that back line because it looks like that right now there's just no solution. Yeah. They're five points on six games, and it's all because they can't defend. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, But I still think that's a good team, right? It's one of the better teams in the West, I think, just talent-wise. It's just, I think it's gotten to the point where teams in the West have continued to improve, and I think Portland is at the same level, maybe a little lower than they were last season. But when you, I think we both would agree, when you're a contending team and you kind of stand pat, you run the risk of your competition improving yeah. and getting in front of you, the MLS has been which may have greatly. happened here. Uh, to the other side, Minnesota United, uh, kind of an odd start to the season for them. They finally get their you know DP, uh, for their first DP signing in franchise history, Darwin Quintero. I'll I tell you what, we ta- I talked about it when he was first signed. If he can find that form from Santos rather than his Club America form, they would have a great signing. Well, it's hard to argue with the signing right now because he looked fantastic in this game. He was creating chances. He was making big-time runs. His pace is you know, very, still very good for him. This and the signing of Alexi Gomez from Atlas, who can play anywhere on the left side, you know, all the way up from the wing, all the way down to left back, I'm, I'm starting to see a little more from Minnesota United, a little some better signings. It looks like they're trying to find sort Absolutely. of their identity, right? Because before this, we weren't really sure what their identity was. They're, they're building themselves into a real MLS team, and that's very exciting to see. Taking the slow approach, to be fair, you know, Atlanta brings three DPs right away, and here Minnesota has just finally gotten their first. They, they come into it basically with the same team from their NASL days. They're Which gonna... was highly criticized, and I was one of those people because I, I think you run the risk of alienating yeah. people right off the bat. And maybe it was a skill, maybe it was a, you know, something to do with money. Now they've been getting more attention. They've had a full league in, full year in the league. Um, Sets themselves up nicely for next yeah. season when their stadium opens. They'll get the boost from that as well. Yeah, they they could be, they could, and you know, we still waiting on Calvo to get that <laughs> attention he wants. When the time the stadium we'll opens about up. You, Minnesota. By the time that stadium opens up, they might start being, uh, you know, a, a bigger talking point MLS. All right. San Jose Earthquakes 2, Houston Dynamo 2, five points in five games for the Earthquakes. Wondolowski seemingly lost his place in the starting 11. Can you believe that? He's and getting up there in age. They have some. They also have some uh, decent players up there, but they're... I have no reason to jump on this bandwagon. They're a gritty team. I just... I'm uh, sorry, San Jose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're a team that gets results. They, yeah. you know, they're, they're nothing pretty, but... Houston... <laughs> not to cut, <laughs> not to cut off uh, San Jose's, uh, I'm sure, multitude of great things that we could find to say about them. Uh, it's five points in five games for the Houston Dynamo. Definitely not the start they wanted. I, I thought Tomas Martinez has looked pretty good this season. He, he looked great in this particular game. Their other DP, Albert Ellis, I, he's been okay. I think he still has room to improve. Yeah. And I think that once he gets going, I think the rest of the team, you know, we saw what they're capable of, right? And now we've kind of seen that, all right, it was a little more of a fluke that they absolutely demolished Atlanta, but, but still, yeah. we see that the potential is there. They can, they clearly have offensive firepower, and they're, you know, a fairly solid team defensively, so they'll be around. Yeah, They're one I, of those teams in the West that will be around. I think that's just an issue of consistency with them. We've 
in the past years, we've seen them be in the bottom. We've seen them move up and be actually be in the first for a while. So uh, it was a consistency issue. They, they have some quality there. Uh, I think they're one of the more underrated teams in the West. Again, we're talking about Dallas and Colorado. It's another team to look out for. I think doesn't get a lot of attention. I guess Minnesota has been getting even more attention than these guys. You know who needs more attention? Sporting Kansas City. Sitting on Great top. Great start. Yeah, how about that? 2-2 to the Seattle Sounders, so not their best performance and kind of returning to that, well, they've been leaking a lot of goals this season. Seattle hadn't actually skated. I couldn't believe this when I saw it. They hadn't scored yet this season. That's a good result for Seattle, actually. You can praise yeah, Sporting at, up at, into this in game. In Kansas City, yeah. But they defensively they've had some their woes, but they're scoring goals like crazy. Yeah, and I mean, this is still, again, another game without Felipe Gutierrez. I, I honestly think that he can be a, a real difference maker. Absolutely. And again, if he's in the 11, I'm not sure this game goes this way. He's a quality player. So I, Johnny Russell, how about him? That's another one, they, right? They, this team is full of just, you know, these quality players who aren't really big names, right? You know, They didn't really get a lot of attention coming in. but They look, didn't, no. I mean, right now they, they deserve all the attention that they are beginning to get now because they are really been exciting to watch. They have been. As for Seattle, um, they have one point now in four games. Uh, I I think this team's... I think this is finally it. I think this is the season that's going to finally sort of take them into a, a new era of players because this has to be the last season, I think, for Clint Dempsey. I think this should be the last season. said that for like five years. <laughs> I understand, but I think that it's time to start rebuilding this roster. I agree. Oh, yeah. And start thinking about, you know, their next set of attacking players, their their new identity, right? Because, I mean, it might not be the same. And they'll have the support. I don't know that Seattle's very fair weather, so I, I think that they'll be just That's fine. Fans, yeah. But they're going to have to need, gonna need some time to find themselves, and this is the season to start accepting that now. Don't wait, because when you wait, you put it off, and when you put it off for too long, the end product is even worse. I, we, we've seen them. I think I, earlier in the year they were given some you know experiential time to some youngsters, guys as young as 17, and they're, they're wingers, a couple of them. So... Uh, yeah, I don't think that they're waiting just yet, but I think their academy and their kind of youth programs have been a little—they're they're young themselves, so it might not be a matter of them wanting to wait, but doing it out of necessity. They, they've been really successful essentially their entire history in MLS. So I think that if they started to struggle now, one I down year is nothing to hang. The hat fans on. Yeah. should definitely understand. Finally, Atlanta United two. NYCFC 2, so a pair of 2-2s on Soccer Sunday. And NYCFC actually had a double fixture week, so they also beat Real Salt Lake 4-0 in an absolute destruction. Uh, But to start with Atlanta, it's going to be tough to beat Atlanta at home. I'm not sure anybody's going to do it this season, actually. That's an interesting take. I'm going to agree with you unless there's some big injury, really. I'm just going to say this now. NYCFC had essentially everything they could have wanted. In their, you know, in their, to their disposal in this game, and they still only managed a 2-2 draw. When they didn't, when Atlanta didn't even have Vialba, honestly, like it's it's almost a good result for Atlanta with how good NYCFC is playing. I think so. I look and that said, it's a better result for NYCFC because they can go back at home and play Atlanta and get the win. They come out with four points in that series. That's yeah. a net gain for them. It is, and as if it couldn't get any crazier, at least for Atlanta, Ezekiel Barco finally made his debut, and I mean, just from the limited time he was on the field. I thought he was pretty good. He looks like he's exactly the kind of player that they hyped him up to be very technical, very quick with the ball. He looks like he has some great vision. Obviously, it was about a 20-minute cameo at most. Mm-hmm. So Tough we'll to do see. as well as Latan did in 20 yeah, minutes. Oh, man. But he, but he Marco like, had scored twice in that time. From I, I field. I honestly think Atlanta probably would have burned to the ground that night. <laughs> but the question is, you got like a guy like Almiron, right? Barco comes in, he spends so much money on him. You think 
this is going to be the focus of our attention. But how do you take it away from Almiron? I think he's playing. He's got to be a a side. He's got to be a a supporting player to Almiron. At least in his early stages, with how good Almiron is, that's at least my opinion. He's still it's, nineteen. Take... I think I think you have to bring him along a little slowly because yeah. he's still nineteen. I think you do have to remember that he hasn't. He's he doesn't have this you know long career of uh, great results. He, I think you have to bring him along slowly and let him find the game himself. Don't put the burden on. Don't him. Don't put the burden yeah. on him because I mean again, he's already got a lot enough on his plate. He's the largest transfer in this uh, well the team's history, obviously, but then in the league's history as well. Yeah. NYCFC, uh, tough week with two fixtures. Didn't seem to miss a beat. I want to give Alex Ring his due. This guy is a phenomenal he's been, player. He's been great for them since he, he came in. He puts in a lot of work. He scores the goal, but I, that's not normally what he does. No, but, uh, it, such he was but, so important. You know what? Just running that midfield. People people get excited about goals, obviously, because they're so hard to score. Mm-hmm. But they got excited for this guy too, because I tell you what, the sign of a of a good locker room presence is when he scores a player that doesn't score all that often scores and everybody's giving him like the you know the high five and everybody's singing his praises after the game because though everyone wants him to succeed because he's he he's such a hard worker he's a fan favorite he does everything right you gotta be you gotta, you gotta put a ring on it there you go yeah, come on nycfc <laughs> That was a bad pun <laughs> it was it was but uh, he has been phenomenal for them and he's been a guy that's just he runs a midfield phenomenal watch he does uh, the report came out that there's a 26,000-seat stadium, perhaps, perhaps, in planning in the South Bronx. This is my favorite thing. Uh, can you imagine? This sta- the, the concept art looks really cool. Uh, they could probably do better than 26,000, but at this point, if they got a stadium with 10,000, they should probably be just be like, okay. We'll take a stadium. We'll take a stadium. Get some standing room or something. My God, if they can get out of Yankee Stadium, I would. <laughs> I can finally get behind this I, team. I was going to say, Emmett's going to transfer. He's going to fill out the bandwagon request form. and I'll move out to New York City. Did Chicago and Philadelphia behind. And don't worry, we also, like, we're not leaving you out of this one. They got punked. That's about the nicest way I can put it about a week ago. We watched a little bit of that one, and that was... They, got a, they had to go out onto a field that was about 80 by 60 and play against this team that knows how to play it. Good they, luck. They, they, looked, they looked like they had no idea what they were doing on that field. My apologies to Real Salt Lake. All right, let's finish this thing up. 22 teams in action this weekend. D.C. United will sit this one out. They've listened. Unless it's fine, listen to my dream. This is how 23 teams should be playing. Um, uh, there's not. I, I want to. I, I wanted to address this a little more, but we're running out of time. So I'll just go ahead and say, Football Club Cincinnati. You no. This is so ridiculous. Don't you are. This is so forced. This is so bad. Don't don't know this this that. I hope that's not true because that is so bad. I'm not happy about this. You 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 you, you have something smart to say. I mean, I usually do, but I feel like I shouldn't now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you disagree? You like it? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right then. Then we agree. That's all I needed to. Know. I, I thought you just wanted me something to say something clever. Oh no, 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 no! I just wanted to know if you agree. But if you agree, it's no it's, point. it's some it's sort of really marketing really trick, right? It's I guess we're about to go to marketing class. We got to oh, tie it all in. I guess um, get some attention, get some talk. There's a, there's an article on Nutmeg News, the best fake news website in the world, that says NYCFC is going to rebrand as Sports Bergening. New Amsterdam. You're doing a great job with these names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Primetime games this weekend. Or national TV, I should say. 3.30 p.m. Eastern, New York Red Bulls versus the Chicago Fire. Then on Sunday, 4 p.m., Seattle Sounders versus Minnesota United. Minnesota taking a trip over to CenturyLink. And then at 6 p.m., Portland host NYCFC. Portland will try to slow down the Patrick Vieira's... Pigeons? Juggernaut? Pigeons? Is oh. that what they are? 
Yeah. Uh, is that what they are? I, I, believe so. I thought like you were trying to find a way to describe them, not their actual, no, like, No, no, no. Juggernauts <laughs> is absolutely a great way to put it. Uh, I'm looking for their form. So what do you have to watch this week, Eric? Match of the week. Real Salt Lake, I just, I just, I just insulted them a lot, but I want to give them their due versus Colorado. The Rocky Mountain Cup. I, I can't think of a better reason. There's literally hardware on the line. I can barely breathe thinking about it, and that is a joke <laughs> about the, the altitude. Is the air, I mean, we are 16 floors above the ground. Maybe we should be more. It's good training for when we get out there, right? Yeah. Kind of run How out of breath. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick. I'm going to stand this Laton train. I got to I got to interview him in the press conference. He had some funny quotes. Uh, he said at the game, they come with the wind, we come with the sun. But today, the sun was stronger. <laughs> My, actually, uh, I think my favorite that came out of it was that they say that they normally don't fill the stadium. I should come here more often. <laughs> and then he, he kind of says it like he's got good English, but he kind of has like the little bit of the the arranging of sentences a little bit off. It's it's charming. I thought he would kind of be a little too arrogant, but he's like so charismatic. Uh, my pick on this Laton train: LA Galaxy versus Atlanta United. Uh, Atlanta on the road now after proving how dominant they are at home. It's and true. They bring it, it to like LA. It's been a while. They've had to go somewhere. Uh, that said, I'm also excited for the Red Bulls for Chicago. Last time those two met playoff game, Chicago got blown out 4 nothing at home. Revenge for the fire. Uh, so, is it fair? Can I pick two? Yeah, uh, whatever. It's fine. All right. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Just this once. Next time I won't next get time so I, Next time I will give you a red card and suspend you for the podcast that comes after that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, or but, who knows? Maybe we'll have to go to video review and then maybe suspend you retroactively. As we've seen in the past, it's a good. I think it's a good. I think it's a good feature. We should bring it in. Yep. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back more for next week, including a preview of the biggest game ever, Champions League. Champions League final, twenty eighteen, Toronto. Absolutely. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. See you later.